They put the shit nope. box computer so one. That's fine with me. Fantastic. I don't hear any cat shit. You don't hear any cat shit. That that <laughs> should be our intro. Commonology 101. You can't hear this cat shit. <laughs> There's a complicated room. story why David was listening for cat shit. There's a pun in there somewhere. I just can't yeah, just, suss it out right now. Damn it. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't get it. Welcome, welcome to episode 40 of Commonology 101. The date of recording is blurp 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 bloop 2020. And being as that is, we'll start real quick in introducing the butter to my bread the man across the deserted corn plains of the Midwest, Lex Godoy. Lex, how are you doing today, night, morning, day? I feel I feel good after taking a nap, and you know what I mean? Sometimes, as a grown man, you need naps, and I think so that all children hard. who don't like naps should be punched in their face because naps are good. There we go, nap, nap. <laughs> there we go, night, night. I hope you're enjoying your weekend so far, Mitch. You sound awake for the first time in two weeks. I got to ride my motorcycle around, drink a whole bunch of coffee, drink drink a whole bunch more coffee. You know. I am I am too drinking coffee. This Cafe. one has Jack Daniels mixed in with it, so it's a little not as good as I was hoping it would taste. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sipping on some Cafe Bustello found in your local grocery aisle. Is it made from cat poop? Ha, I wish. Oh no. Oh, God. Well, anyways, to run away from that random question as fast as possible, I would like to introduce a returning guest, someone I'm very happy to be welcoming back onto Commonology 101, the man of celluloid, David Solomon Abrams. Welcome Hello. back, man. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, man. It's about time. I feel bad. I've been... My scheduling is nightmarish. I know. No, that's fine. That's me, too. I, I think, actually, I was taking a nap uh, last time. We were gonna See? do this, so. See, I have to name this to so, nap time. Now Lex one. won't punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah, good, good. The grown man nap is, is something that all grown men should do. Yeah, we have to be real careful yes. with Lex being around faces and things. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, so is everybody's? Uh, how's everybody doing? Is everybody as weak as it fantastic as mine has been? Yeah, I, I don't know how good your week has been, but I'm just gonna stay positive and. Just say yeah, because mine, mine's mine's been pretty good. I, I was being sarcastic. Mine has been horrible, and it ended on a uh, it ended on a bad note because uh, I think we should do this first. Rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, most people know him from Black Panther. The lead of Black Panther has passed away from colon cancer. So, uh, as as somebody uh, in film as well as yourself as the the great actor and director david solomon himself um i i, I say that uh the acting yeah. i don't want to say hollywood because every time you say hollywood everybody just uh, puts pedo next to it now so um that fucked and, up yeah in the film mm. world yeah, uh, Chad, yeah chadwick boseman has been is a uh he's a legend man he's he's a legend he was on his way to be being like denzel washington level fucking stardom um and died at the early age of 43 man um so yeah he had the right stuff i didn't even know that was it like public knowledge that he was uh that he was sick 
Um, there was a bunch of rumors. Um, the fucked up thing was when he was started to get like really skinny, there was like the whole People internet were talking shit on him. Yeah, they were like being really cruel to him. Uh, and I, I don't know why. Um, obviously he was, was sick. They were saying that he was going to pass uh, a few months ago and everybody thought it was a joke. And, uh, I was reading up on it. It's what's even, what even hurt me even more about the situation was, um, in 2018, while he was at stage three uh, in his cancer, he ended up uh, going to children's hospitals to um, to visit, you know, people who wanted to like kids who wanted to meet Black Panther. And then all of 2019, he was getting made fun of for losing weight, uh, losing as much weight as he did because nobody knew that he himself was battling cancer. So while he was battling cancer, he was also um, visiting and donating to children. <laughs> so huh. just to yeah. show you where the world's at. Well, I mean, we're always shitty to our, like ourselves. Like if if he wasn't dying, that's not what we would be talking about. It would have yeah. just been like, hey, remember when he got stupid skinny because he got people just thought he wasn't working out or he just was like half assing it or something. I mean, oh, it would no. be the same thing. Well, if he wasn't, I mean. It would have been hard to tell whether or not he was, and then the but the here's yeah here's the sad part. Even if he was sick, there'd still be the disgusting cesspool that would probably still be making ass well, jokes. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I just found out about that today. Uh, uh, I guess it just happened today, but yeah, that sucks, man. Um, yeah, I just saw I just saw him in uh, the Five Bloods, which was a really good movie i like that director a lot um yeah of course of course i've always, i've been watching you know spike lee movies for a long time i've been a fan for a long time long time back i remember 25th hour inside man oh yeah and for more I, I mean i can't even think of them all right now but do the, do the, do the right thing is a classic school day um man he's he's done a lot of work oh man some are a lot of people forget about uh I, I think it's a John Leg was almost classic, but he also directed uh, Summer of Sam, which was about the forty five. Oh yeah, that's that's the one. That's the other one I really like too. Actually, I think that's the one that really kind of like got my attention on him. Originally. Uh, yeah, the, the the camera work is uncanny. Like there's nobody else. He's he has his own signature to his films, just the, the same way uh, Quentin Tarantino or a uh, Christopher Nolan would. Mm-hmm. Like like when you see a Spike Lee film, you see you know it's a Spike Lee film, right? Oh man, what a great day! Yeah. Well, yeah. So, speaking of films, anyway, yeah. Speaking of movies, uh, mine is uh, by the way, if you're listening on uh, Amazon Prime Video right now, it's called Apathetic Epidemic, and it really goes well with your current pandemic. So, if you get a chance, hop on Amazon Prime Video and watch Apathetic Epidemic, starring myself and. Lex Godoy here, who 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 did really well in front of the camera, you know, with the uh, the, the carnage. Um, um, <laughs> that shit was it was actually like really full. Like when you're going through it, like uh, as hot as it was when we were recording. To I don't understand why every day that we recorded, like it'll be like yeah, it's eighty degrees, and then it felt like one hundred and thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> but like it was a lot of fun thinking about like this. The the, the 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 mayhem that went behind that camera, man, and David just controlling everything. He's oh man, I I couldn't ask for a better director on that set. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Um, 
we had so much fake blood that at the end of the day, they had to just hose off the street. <laughs> they just called the fire department. Which was actually used in a film, too. Yeah. Yeah. It worked yeah. out. It worked out. That's a lot uh, of shot of the movie. Oh, bro. Like, I, I still remember the day that, like, the, the people were calling the cops uh, because they thought the body was real. The dead body on the street was real. Yeah, that happened more than once. <laughs> yeah. And the same cop kept showing up. Like, I know. I know. And they're like, wow, that's fucked up. This cop's like, there's a dead body there and he doesn't care. Jesus Christ. Like, it's a sex go. doll. Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you to lift that sheet up. It, it kind of goes with the story of the film, man. Uh, David, you want to take that away? Just, uh, just, just yeah. For those that haven't listened, um, episode six was your first uh, appearance on uh, Good Old Commonology One Hundred and One. But for those who haven't listened, don't plan on going that far back. Give us a quick uh, summary of apathetic epidemics um, uh, premise. Premise, yeah. Premise. Well, apathetic epidemic. The short version is it's it's like a zombie movie for the thinking man. I think is a good way to put it. You know, um, it's about uh, it follows Lex's character who is a pizza delivery guy that gets that gets shot in a bad part of a large American city, and uh, you know he's just kind of down on his luck and. Um, He's off to his new job one morning, you know, forgets to charge his cell phone, and he finds a dead body laying on the sidewalk. And he's, his cell phone's dead, so he tries to get help from other people and just kind of slowly realizes that no one cares. Nobody in the city anywhere cares. And he starts to get, like, more and more angry as he's unable to find help just to call, you know, the police. And it just spirals out of control. and you know, it kind of creeps up on you that it's a zombie movie ultimately. Cause it is. And that's why I say it's like a zombie movie for the thinking man. Cause instead of like brain eating, walking dead, it's, you know, like just people that just don't care about really important things, which and, is, uh, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people would argue that that's, that's why we have a, uh, COVID-19 pandemic right now. You know, and there's the people out there that don't that level. don't even believe in it. There's people out there that like say, "Fuck your mask." I don't. It's a hoax. You know, it's not even real. I mean, that's like exactly the kind of like zombie that's in my movie right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, it's extremely appropriate for these times, man. Yeah, no, that really does work well. What what made you come up? Like what what made you come up? Because I feel like it's crazy how like you you made this movie and everything that that you see in the film is happening. In a sense, it's it's not not yeah. to, not to the, the science like the science fiction part of 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 uh, the way the characters are acting, but in terms of like it's like metaphorically correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually an old idea. It's not new, and it had. I mean, we we were done shooting before the pandemic even happened, so that's just a weird coincidence that it's just yeah. like out now. But uh, I've had this idea for a long time, and I got it actually when I was back. In school, this was like over 10 years ago for film, and I, and I never finished as a filmmaker, as a film major. Uh, I was at Syracuse University when I got the idea, and it was a combination of things. Actually, I, there were like these like homeless people on the street, and like I would actually, <laughs> I would actually uh, stop and talk to them, probably more than I should have. But, you know, I noticed that everyone else there was just kind of used to seeing them, and they just like, totally totally ignored them and um and 
you know, I had also seen uh, Shaun of the Dead, at, which came out right at the same time. And there's a scene in that movie where he's walking to the to the uh, supermarket. The oh, it's, okay. Yeah, no, no, it's like it's it's after his girlfriend dumps him, and he wakes up the next morning, and he's just like totally out of it, and he just like wanders down, not paying attention to anything in the middle of the the breakout of. Oh the yeah, and then the background apocalypse. you can see. The but he doesn't like, notice yeah. any of them. And I think, yeah. I don't think I realized this until kind of recently, actually. I was actually talking to BC Wayman, who was on his podcast, who was also an apathetic epidemic. And he mentioned that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's weird. I think that I actually was inspired by that one little scene from Shaun of the Dead and, you know, some personal experiences that were going on. And, uh, and I, you know, we were. I think I was part of like a school project. I had to come up with an idea for like a short play. And it basically, my play was just, you know, somebody laying on the ground and people just walking past, (laughs) just acting normal. And it's just, it's grown from there. And now it's a short film. Yeah. I mean, that feels like something that touches all of us and without realizing it, like, even if you're not doing it to like be egotistical or selfish, like when you're going through your life, especially during like extreme moments, you're just like, I'm just trying to get my shit done. So, like, yeah, even if there was a dead person yeah. or a zombie somewhere, you're like, listen, man, I don't have time or I don't have the, like, mental capacity or emotional, like, bandwidth right now to care. I just want to go, yeah, like, Sean, whatever he's getting at the grocery store. I just want to go get my thing and go home. Yeah, I mean, and it's there's Lex definitely there, a social like, satire, though. I mean, it, like I said, it has grown significantly from there, and there's a lot of other stuff I mixed in. Like Lex is the Lex is a you know a black actor, and that role wasn't even I didn't even think of the main character, which Lex played as even being black, until like right before we started shooting, I got this new idea that uh, you know he he like. Um, it would be interesting if the protagonist was black because he ends up getting involved. He ends up getting basically into a shootout with the police and there's like Fantastic. this whole other level to it. And it just changes the dynamic of that character and like adds a whole another level of the social satire. So if you appreciate that kind of thing, that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's, that's what, those are the aspects that make it a zombie movie for the thinking man, I think. And that was the whole idea behind it. Yeah. Cause the irony behind like the whole entire shootout was I, uh, my character's actually trying to do the right thing the whole entire time. Right, exactly. And then, and then the police end up going after the black man in the situation. Uh, right. Noticing everything that's fucked up. <laughs> right, yeah. And, you know, that works, you know, I think for the white character too, but it was really how your character ends up escaping that yeah. when I thought of that, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, he let, you know, the main character who we only end up knowing is Dick because his boss <laughs> gives him the wrong name tag and forces him to wear it. Um, you know, he, that Dick ends up escaping basically because he, while running from the police, he like dumps the gun in a trash can. And, uh, you know, there's a black guy that just happens to be standing there. So they, the cops arrest the other guy instead. No, there he is. It's the same guy, right? <laughs> it's gotta be yeah. him. Yeah. So fantastic. But that also, you know, that, that begs the question. Cause the whole movie is about people that don't pay attention to things. It's like that that makes you you know think too like was it because they're racist or is it just the the epidemic in general you know so 
I like to do that. I like to I like to make people think. Yeah. That's fair. That's I, re- I remember how impressed if they're paying attention, which they're probably not. Like, yeah. What happened? Yeah. I remember how impressed I was with the finished product of uh, the film too, because I was like, I, I didn't expect it to come out so well, considering um, just like how we we filmed it, like literally within two separate summers. Mm. Um. And uh, the timing of it, like, uh, like coming, like coming out, like I didn't expect it to come as soon as it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I watched it, there was like a lot of shit that, I, like, when you're filming it, and um, you know, like I read the script, but you don't really see where the director is going until you see the finished product. And I was like, right. oh, that's why I was doing that. That's why this was happening. That's why, like, it was mm-hmm. like because um, the way I describe it to people, uh, the first thing I say is, "Hey, do you like the Twilight Zone?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because because it, it's like a like it feels like it just watching our characters it feels like we're trapped in like a Twilight Zone episode, but it just so happens that funny shit is happening, but they're really really real situations. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why like I thought that the movie was so unique and uh, that, that's my favorite thing about it. One of my favorite things about it, you know, is like because you really do by the end, it's like that was crazy. But if you think about it, it's like everything that happened in the sequence of events of the plot line is like totally based on real things that happen in like urban in American cities, you know? And that was the whole idea is it's just like this like one morning where they just all kind of like occur at the same time is what makes it kind of like a zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> that is interesting. I like that. I like how it has multiple, um, dimensions to look at sort mm-hmm. of what what the epidemic could be yeah totally i mean it's yeah i mean i'm pretty happy with the final product you know i still like watching it i still like sitting down and watching it every once in a while yeah i was working on something out, else after it's yeah. been out for this long um how does it feel to be able to just have the product and have it been out there breathing in the world uh, it's, it feels good. I mean, because I've been, like I said, I I start, I wrote the first draft of it, um, you know, over ten years ago. So I've been wanting to make it for a long time. Damn, I always yeah. I always forget how much time goes into like the before anything even really gets started goes into yeah. these well, things. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I I work on I have multiple different screenplays. Um, I have several feature films that I want to make too, but uh, as my first movie, I ended up doing a short film. Um, and um, yeah, so I mean, I'm not, it's not, I, you know, I've been working on a lot of other stuff too in the meantime. Um, I just figured, you know, it made sense for me to start with like a short film and this, and I had that as a short screenplay. And I, I tried a couple times to, make it as a feature and it never really kind of came together and it always seemed to work better as a short. So I just, it's like, you know what, I'm first, you know, it's kind of like a first time filmmaker. So it just kind of made sense to just go ahead and do it the it way sound, it was. It sounds like yeah. you're a little bit, um, a little bit shaky about what the, uh, length of the movie was going to be or certain aspects of it. Um, is it doing what you would like it to have done up to this point? The ups, highs, lows, I'm really happy with how the movie came out um, as, you know, the director of it. But no, <laughs> the answer to your question is kind of just sitting on Amazon and doesn't 
you know, I want, I was hoping to get more festival awards. We got like three or four. Um, well, I was hoping to bad. place. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I was hoping to place in like a large one, like, you know, uh, you know, that would really help me get a deal for one of my feature films. Um, Fair but enough, it's funny. not uncommon. It's not uncommon for you know first-time directors to have their first movie kind of sit on the shelf before anyone notices it, and it's a short film too. So that that's a different. That's considered a different market usually. But in my opinion, now that everything's streaming, I, I really don't understand why. But you know they, that's just how it is. So. Yeah, I've, from an outsider looking in, there's a lot of stuff that confuses me, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they, maybe I'm missing something." And then, but even when I talk to people on the inside, they're like, "Yeah, no, we don't, I don't fucking know why it's like that. Why do they? <laughs> why do we do it this way? Why is this the?" But style? It's just that's how it's how it's been done, and that made sense, you know, when people went to movie theaters all the time, you know, and they still do. So there, it does still make sense on a level, you know. It's just now with things streaming more and more, open. You know, are there certain adherences to what would almost be considered archaic styles in film and like um, traditions that kind of anchor it that annoy you? Um, not really. I mean, like I'm trying to break into it, but that's hard on that's hard for everyone to do. You know, uh, I don't mean like you, you in know. particular, like in in your specific product just in a more general sense like what do you see in the industry that you're like why is that why is that still going that way uh well the pedophilia is you know kind of <laughs> annoying for everyone <laughs> yeah that so uh it'd be nice to i think we're watching that kind of uh you know no no one wants something like that to happen on a large scale you know that's not something that society is going to accept so yeah, that's not on like a checklist like gotta make sure that's yeah. on there yeah yep. so that i mean that it's going to be i mean that's one of those things that it's going to be nice to see as a footnote you know in a historical document you know <laughs> burn it with <laughs> um, fire yeah uh but no i i you know the film industry is a you know it's one of those things everyone wants to do it it's you know so there's no there uh, <laughs> it, it's changing the market's changing but you know that's the way it is I, yeah. I can't think of anything specifically in particular you know okay yeah no when i asked that that was not where i thought the question was gonna go i thought you're gonna be like oh you know the whole you know uh box office like this movie's only considered successful if it goes to theater and makes you know 30 million dollars or some crazy shit like that i thought I thought that was going to be your one of the type of answers, not oh, people you know, that, the, the, yeah, the people that make the those kitty diddling, like long, oh yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> people that make those big block blockbuster movies spent a long time, you know, working up to that. So it's not, I you know, I we shot this movie in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look yeah. like so. all places to shoot, and then like when you see the film, you don't think that it's in Youngstown. You wouldn't right. think. In the city, so like if you could, if we had smell of vision, you'd smell fucking Schwabel's bread, <laughs> right? Right, because that's the way I look. I like, just think about how how tough that was for, especially um, David, who did like a lot of the work himself, uh, just to to get the setting and everything, like and uh, mm -hmm. just to, to have it on, just to have it on um, Amazon uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video. Man, it's just it's. You know, it's a it's a great thing, and I uh, I, I just hope yeah. that 
I just hope that uh, it it continues to get um, views. Like, how how is it looking um, for streams? Um, I mean, it's you know a slow start, uh, but like I said, just walking into it, and I don't, I didn't since it's a short film, it's not part of any like um, you know normal distribution deal. Um, but it was just you know. It is what it is, you know. I was like, I was, I was hoping to it for it to be like a festival movie, you know. That's why I was really hoping for like a large film festival. But I've been watching short films on the internet for a long time, so and I've wanted to do one for a long time too. Uh, there was this website called AdamFilms.com. It's not really around anymore that I used to watch all the time, and they had some really good stuff that you know ended up getting some pretty popular and getting directors getting you know feature film deals from that. So it was supposed to be just like a stepping stone for me, you know, just to yeah. add something to my experience as a director, basically. Yeah. Um, as a director, what would you say is the more annoying part? And if you, if it's uh, dealing with the actors, I would, I would say you should say that. That should be your answer. Dealing with the actors. Mm-hmm. Is that the worst um, part? I, I don't know. I was being an asshole. What's no, uh, no, I, I don't. I never have a problem dealing with the actors uh, as long as they show up. But what, what, yeah, can be hard is when you, you know, schedule things. And there was a lot. It was really complicated to schedule Apathetic because it had a big cast, skeleton crew. You know, I was in it myself, and I shot most of it myself. So it further complicated things for me as far as scheduling. Because uh, I always had to have uh, DP show up to hold the camera for the scenes that I was in, it, and I didn't always work out. There were there were some really crazy scenes where we had like thirty extras, the street closed off, the police were there. I was, you know, on cr- supposed to crawl. My character was supposed to crawl across the sidewalk, covered in blood, screaming for help. You know, I had a guy on a ski. I, yeah, this guy that was like a skateboarder youtuber that i had come in who was supposed to pop a wheelie over me it was like crazy and I, there was no dp we didn't have any official dp i had to have uh the makeup guy uh daniel click's girlfriend hold the camera <laughs> hold the camera and it actually she did a pretty good job <laughs> she Dude, did a pretty would... good job that scene is actually pretty well shot i thought it all kind of came together so the scene where i'm where it cuts to me laying on the ground, bleeding on the sidewalk with the skateboarder zooming past and all the extras walking around and I'm yelling because the cops are ignoring me. Uh, that was shot by uh, Daniel Cook's girlfriend. <laughs> See, I mean, that's the cool stuff behind the scenes, literally behind the scenes thing that like other movies you are like, oh yeah, no, you know that scene that actually became one of the most popular ones? Yeah, we fucked that all up. I'm glad everyone <laughs> liked it though. Well, it wasn't even a matter of fucking up. I just couldn't figure i couldn't manage to schedule the dp to get, be there the the guy that shot a lot of the those other scenes is uh david walker david walker who's a kind of a indie filmmaker and himself and he just couldn't be there at that time but he ended up showing up later and finished it off but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, and there was just no way that i would have been able to do it if i hadn't like planned ahead as much as i did because there was so many different facets that, you know, ended up going into, especially those scenes. And, you know, Lex was great because he, he was happy to work with me. And um, that was essential because he was the main character. 
you have, yeah. to have a, you have to be very sure of yourself on certain things, because, like, I hate imposing on people. Like, if I had to ask someone to move, if I'm, like, going into a building or something, I'm like, oh, excuse me, I'd like to ask for any special, you know, scheduled treatment of any sort. I'm like, I get all nervous and stuff. I can't imagine being the one that's scheduled, like you said, the shutting down of a block, having police there so that you can have a bloodied person screaming for help. I could not ever in a million years mm -hmm. do that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that those, those scenes were, it was actually fun. I mean, I was, you know, getting kind of stressed just cause there were so many things happening. I was like, you know, if it, if it had rained, I, I would have been just, it would have been a really bad, but it didn't thankfully. And it was good lighting and yeah, it was fun. You know, we shot, we shot the, there was a, the shootout scene is that scene that I'm talking about basically, or that, the scene I just mentioned is right after the shootout, but yeah, that it all kind of came together in this, in the movie, but for scheduling for the shootout between Lex and the cops, which is supposed to happen right during like early morning rush hour. And all these pedestrians are supposed to just like happen to wander out in the street while Lex and the police end up getting into a shootout with each other. And we were shooting, you know, and so I had all these extras walking around and I'm trying to like give instructions. Well, you know, or like choreographing this complicated shootout scene that actually ended up coming together really well. And I just remember telling Lex, you know, uh, you know, cause he was supposed to be ducking from shots and also shooting back. And I was just like, all right, you're going to shoot, you know, shoot duck and come up and focus and kill shot. And that's the shot that's supposed to kill the, the George Zimmerman character that BC Wayman, <laughs> the other podcaster played. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, BC yeah. Wayman played who? Yeah. George Zimmerman type character. He's the one that, that triggers the shootout. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's yeah. like, oh, he's <laughs> Wii U out at the beginning of the film too. Yeah. Like, that that was it's, oh, it's no. crazy having a conversation. Cause Mitch, uh, you still haven't seen the, the film, right? I'm sorry to say no. I haven't I'm a dick. It's sitting in uh, my it's sitting in my to watch list in my fucking Amazon Prime. Well, Mitch has Mitch uh, has a crazy schedule, so I don't blame him. But he's had two, no, three discussions now with BC. And did, would you ever expect BC to play a character like that? No, man. He's the most like he said he cried at the end of like Marvel movies. He's like the most like emotional, feely guy. He'll, he'll he's like half inspirational writer. Like there's God, no way yo, in hell. But a dad did. too, you know. Yeah, would you would you say BC would deserve an Oscar for playing a character like that? <laughs> yeah, he did at, at least nominated for breaking out of what he himself is. Yeah, he. I actually was hoping that I I, I couldn't figure out how to fit any lines in for him because I, I guess I was you know on a lot of other stuff I was thinking of, but he he that character doesn't have any lines in the movie. But if he had, he actually those guys tend to sound kind of like BC, like unassuming. I, I saw this one documentary. I think that partly kind of inspired him. It was about a different incident. It was about a different incident where, you know, a white guy, you know, shoots an unarmed black guy. It's on HBO. I can't remember what it's called, but he has this kind of like unassuming, Friday. like the news voice. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I heard DC, I was like, you know what? I think he could work for this, even though he doesn't ha end up having any lines. So. Oh, uh, man, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, like I'm gonna have I, to give him shit next I, I, time he's on. Now I'm gonna be like, yeah, hey, 
What's up? You gonna sign this bag of Skittles, you piece of shit? <laughs> I thought you knew, Mitch. I thought you knew this kid that came No, I'm part. in the dark. I'm the host that knows the least. The hostess That's... with the leastest. <laughs> yeah, man. BC did a really good job. Um, I, I, he takes the shit seriously, man. Yeah, but to be honest, you know who was amazing? And the Wii U, uh, Wii U was actually really, really good uh, playing that character, too. Yeah, uh, like I forgot the line. Yeah, he, the yeah, the, the when you when your character gets shot in the bad neighborhood. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. great. Yo, Lafayette. Lafayette. Wait, Lafayette. Where's no, my no, money? Hold on. What? What? I I want to hear what this is. Lex's line. No, no, no. That no, was weird. And I just kept saying, "Dude, I'm not Lafayette. I, <laughs> I ain't doing no fucking Lafayette here, man." Yeah. It was a dude, you just have to see the movie because there's a lot of funny scenes. You know what? Everybody I'll watch it tonight. Who, uh, no joke. I will find time tonight when I'm blasted, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch go. Lex get shot. Sweet. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite scene in there is the cokehead scene in the phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> Even just that explanation alone. That's the name yeah, of the episode. Yeah. Sorry, uh, the name of this episode is now Crackhead Phone Booth. <laughs> cokehead phone booth. Cokehead, yeah, man. That, cokehead. Yeah, that's that's the Marty character who I'm talking to on the cell phone the entire time while Lex is trying to get help. We we he like kind of bounces between us because we're standing on the same street, but we won't. We're not paying attention. We're too busy talking to each other. <laughs> and Marty, and Marty, yeah, Marty's doing uh, <laughs> Marty's doing lines of cocaine off the phone booth, off the phone booth, uh, phone book over. What the hell's a know, phone ads book? For, <laughs> yeah, over ads for. Uh, the city rehab clinics. Yeah, we had to actually. Oh, build that's fucking booth, yeah. great. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing I would see because I'm always looking at dumb little things when I'm watching movies. It drives everyone I watch movies with crazy. I'm like, hey, that phone book said 2020 on it. This was filmed supposedly in 50s. What? Anyway, yeah. I would know. Yeah, we had to build it. We had a line to build it on AA. You had to find a phone book. You're like, can we even buy those anymore? They used to just throw them at your house back in the day. Here, here's a giant brick <laughs> that we give you every year so you can walk it immediately to your garbage can. Yep. There, there we go. Down with phone books. Save the oh, trees. Man. What if they we, still- actually, we actually broke that phone booth. Like, I actually broke that phone booth during uh, filming. Yeah. <laughs> Were you fucking in it? Like no, it was just a piece story. of crap. It was it was it has plastic uh, windows. Cause wait, was it a fake it. one? Oh yeah, we still got to build it. Oh yeah, we, we built some ticky tacky phone booth. <laughs> it looked real as shit on camera though. Yeah, it, did, it looks pretty good. I mean, sure. but yeah, there's no phone booths anymore. So I didn't yeah, know. I, I thought there might have been. One. You're yeah. in Youngstown, man. They haven't updated that shit since like the '60s. I man. wish that would have saved me so much money. Yeah. Right. And then we went out. Actually, I probably would have been arrested for like defacing property, <laughs> right? <laughs> for like breaking the uh, the glass on a phone booth. Oh my god, that's yeah. a real phone booth, man! We just built this. Put it back. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that shit was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it all worked out pretty well. Your 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 favorite uh your your favorite comedian made the made the cut too, Mitch Monica. <laughs> Why is yeah, it my favorite good. comedian? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bro. Yeah, she hates you. me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I still never be back. I don't think. <laughs> Why does she hate you? I, 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 I mean, I don't think she really does. But I don't know. I was mostly making a joke. But does she? Fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody. Nope. She doesn't hate us. I, the, the the world just hated her after her episode of the the sugar daddy talk. Oh, then, oh that's right. 
the sugar daddy talk that she speech that she gave okay. right after right right after uh no right before she uh uh said that I should not disrespect women. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Respect women. Don't tell them that they're all just fucking gold diggers. She's like, so anyways, my hustle is. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You realize you're getting recorded. Like, no hate. I'm not shaming you. You're just, you know we're recording, right? You want to you hear She's a funny like, mic? She's like, fuck you. Story? Listen to this shit. Like, all oh, right, God. go away. You're, it's your mic, mom. Yo, it's your mic, baby. <laughs> yeah, all mic. you, babe. You want to hear a funny Monica story? Please, uh, God, yes. Uh, so she has at her house she has these like All right, maybe i don't letters. need this hold on <laughs> I just hold on. hold on i need to write the timestamp down in case i have to bleep five minutes of this episode yeah out. no she's got these magnetic like letters that you can spell things because her kids like play with uh stuff on her okay, fridge okay okay so one time um uh, one time like, where's I, this going no one time i so one time just to like i mentioned something about her cats you know you know, do that. I was just joking. I was like, "Do they write stuff? Do your cats write stuff in the oh, fridge?" No. And she was like, "Huh." And then, like right before I left, when she wasn't looking, I wrote "vag" by the floor <laughs> with the letters and left it like that. Like the cats wrote it. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Bro. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if she thought that shit was haunted because I know she has a little bit of that spirituality <laughs> belief going on. She would. She would not she immediately think did. cats. She'd be like, "Oh fuck, it's the dead people." <laughs> I can yeah, see bro. her definitely like getting some sage. So good job, bro. She she was she was definitely probably one of the most uh, one of the most entertaining guests we've had. She had because uh, <laughs> she gives zero fucks. She's just yeah. like, listen to this. I'm telling you this story. No, like when she when she bold faced said that the Asian guy drug all the Asians to wherever in PA or something. We're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Ho. ho. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Bro, right after. She uh, just drops uh, some of the most racist stuff ever. And then she's like, don't say that. I'm Native American. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> what are you no. doing? Okay, that's all right. Right. I was like, yeah, sometimes you got to chill. And she's like, oh, what, what, what you she, mean? That is oh, not in her vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. She, like, was, she was high that one time. And I still thought she was angrier than me. <laughs> and I was drunk in me. Oh, man. Like, yeah, you how do you have this you much, not- like, I mean, it's spunky. It's fine. But, yeah, the problem is she just does not care. But since she's yeah. not here to defend herself, I don't want to talk. Yeah, I don't want yeah, it to sound like we're talking shit. We're just saying, like, she has her personality or her character is strong. She's very yeah. strong-willed, but- does not give a fuck what you think. But it gets, she just digs holes and is like, fuck it. Yeah, if it fall I, in it, whatever. On that episode, a lot of people I haven't, saying, I haven't listened like, to a lot of her stand-up. Is it? Is her that stand-up a- solid. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a lot of like period jokes. But not, <laughs> we don't mean time periods. It's, yeah, it's the... Uh, it's the typical, uh, I would say, like, you know, female comedy, like, she starter got, she pack. She has uh, Sarah Silverman. She has, like, a good yeah. chunk of her in there. She's like, yeah. Silverman's pretty funny. I, yeah. I would, uh, yeah, I would rather listen to Monica than I would want to listen to Amy Schumer. I was to just that. about to say, but that's really not saying much, though. It's saying a lot, because Amy Schumer is fucking rich for no reason. Like, Mon- like you know what I mean? I'd rather would have Monica make it than Amy Schumer. Yeah, but Monica's funny. <laughs> My point. That's Super my point. was just <laughs> ripping people off and being like, yeah. my body. We're like, okay. 
Speaking of Amy Schumer, like I was, I was actually happy to see because like she's a joke stealer. You know how I feel about people who steal other people's material. Um, she, Joe Bunnett was talking about it because of, uh, of course, Joe Bunnett has left uh, Spotify because they uh, did not want to give Joe Bunnett what he was worth. And he was speaking about Amy Schumer getting a very, very large, hefty deal with Spotify, um, which, which in the future, if anything ever happens this big, we have to know when to say no. They gave I, Amy Schumer a shit ton of money for her podcast, which you guessed it, failed. Yeah, that's Damn. And, and you know why they're like, oh, we have to give her money. Because could you imagine the headline, Spotify doesn't give Amy as much money as a man. Yeah. Holy fuck, boycott yeah. Spotify. It's like, well, she was funnier. Like, now, if, 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 like, Sarah Silverman was on there, like, yeah, that would make sense. Give her money. Yeah. She's funny. Now, <laughs> what was fucked up it. about the Joe Budden situation is the fact that um, he, he, of course, he has a non-disclosure de- de- agreement. So the only thing he was able to say is that he made Spotify nine figures and uh, what they were trying to give him was laughable. Like, uh, they were trying to take the rights to everything that they did. Um, if they were to sign a new contract, and uh, I wonder what they're gonna do to Rogan then, because supposedly Rogan, Rogan, Rogan got a hundred, uh, he got a hundred million dollars. If Rogan got a hundred million dollars, I, I guarantee Spotify probably has full control over this cast podcast. But he was saying he wanted like to make sure that he lost no creative control. But that's what I was if saying. Like if he's if that's the case, Joe Rogan is a fucking here because that's what Joe Bo- Joe Budden is trying to do. But he's trying to do it for the black culture. Because that, that's the that's the point that he keeps trying to make uh, to everybody who is saying that, oh, you're you're just burning bridges. But he said, but what Joe Budden has said, especially about podcasting, because just like Joe Rogan, he is a pioneer. He uh, wanted to, uh, and he says that Joe Rogan getting that type of deal had kind of fucked it up for the people who aren't already famous. Because, of course, Joe Rogan and Amy Schumer would be able to pull that type of deal. But for the new creators like me, uh, me and you, and uh, I would consider ourselves pioneers because we have been podcasting like literally since podcasting has been like before it was an actual thing with a uh, mixed company i miss so that. I it, yeah like we we have been here since the beginning we just haven't gotten uh we're not a joe rogan or a amy schumer type celebrity or a celebrity at all everybody can i give you guys can i give you guys some um some constructive criticism because oh um Joe Rogan. I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. but I listen to that. I like listening to that, and I actually learn stuff. Like I was listening to him talking to some guy, like some like professor of quantum mechanics. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he. I actually like learned. Oh, he had he had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on there. He was really good. You know, so I don't know. Maybe get some like college professors or something on here. No, that's what we try to do. Like we, we've had doc- <laughs> no, we've had doctors. We've. Uh, we like we <laughs> we've we, had uh, yeah we, uh, we our formula uh, is is not so different from uh, Joe Budden in, in the sense of the topics and things that we have. It's just our formula is just different because <laughs> we have we random ass people yeah, on. Is what we do. Yeah, and we just yeah. like we we have okay just okay. It's like it's it's <laughs> bargain bin. It's bargain bin Joe Rogan, yeah, right? Like yeah, pretty, that's pretty much who we are. We're the bargain bin Joe Rogan. <laughs> we've just <laughs> like here's a random dude you have no idea who is, but he does yeah. this job. Let's just yeah. ask him what he thinks. Here's a neurosurgeon, or oh, sorry, he, not a neurosurgeon. He'd stab me if he was in here. Here's a <laughs> neurologist. Uh, let's ask him what he thinks about you know uh, w- uh, dead raccoons and garbage cans. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> ask him the question. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, we we've we've had uh, Mina on here. What like uh, last episode? 
Um, well, like like last episode, two, actually, no, I think talking. it was two ago. Oh well, wait, no, it was last. That's okay. As we, it's I'm getting confused. We have several recorded episodes that are sitting in wait. Yeah, the the funny thing is, he was uh he was actually we had him explain COVID and why the testing and everything was being done the way it was. And I'm thinking to myself in my head, I'm like, dog, the one person that listens to this podcast is an alt right that refuses to wear a mask he's <laughs> going to fucking stop listening to this podcast he deleted it at, like he broke his headphones yeah because like our it, first episodes we we could have been mistaken quickly for that because we just rip on everybody yeah oh my god like, oh, there we go some non-wokes and we're just like yo put your truck nuts away you fucking hill jack he's like what and put your mask on <laughs> yeah, like we we uh, we try to have people on there that, that's entertaining. Some people who are educational. We try to do it all because at the end of the day, we're not a um, we don't consider ourselves a factual. We're not, we're not a place that you want to. We don't consider ourselves back. truth speakers. Yeah, we try to be as truthful as we can, but you don't come yeah. here to like get, get new hard hard data on topics of yeah. the day. We're yeah. more so hot. We're more so hot takes. Yeah, like great, uh, great. That's you like, know, nobody does I, that. I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. Um, Absolutely. I love, I love the Joe Bonner podcast. Another good podcast that I uh, that a lot of people think would it be educational or wouldn't think that it would be inspirational is actually Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has a really good podcast. Where he just oh, gets awesome. baked out of his goddamn yeah. mind. Really. And, yeah, the dad is pretty much all he he gets baked uh, and then he goes he through like drums of pot. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's uh and, and like I go to his podcast because it's like more philosophy than anything. Like he, he talks about death. He talks about um he he does a lot of drugs. Like he's he's done the toad, <laughs> but he has somebody interesting every time. The somebody toad. who's gonna teach you business. Somebody who's gonna teach you about. Hip hop. Somebody's going to teach you about um, M- um, MMA fighting, boxers. He's had um, was the guy who like climbed the tallest fucking mountain in the world. He just had that guy on there. Uh, he it, it's just oh, that's cool. yeah. He has a really great platform, but the only problem I see with Mike Tyson's platform is like when he gets too baked, like he starts getting like super emotional. And starts to oh, like really? old days. He's like, yeah, man. I'm, I I I just remember when I used to just rob people and just be a real big piece of shit. That was pretty good, Lex. Like, it's like it's like, well, bro, you guys are talking about golfing. <laughs> that, that, actually, that might actually be like kind of add some appeal to like listening. It's like, is he gonna like get baked and freak that freak out on the podcast? No, yeah, no, the the uh, I I forgot. I think it was Sugar Ray that went on there, and he has it where like it's on Spotify, right? So you have the 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 version where you could just listen to it. He's had Eminem on there recently. Uh, he, he the one where he had Sugar Ray on was like the craziest one because Sugar Ray's just looking at this cat because he's like cr- like Mike Tyson starts crying, and uh, it's, it's nothing to laugh at because I I felt where he was coming from where he he was basically talking about how. Uh, since boxing, he felt like he's empty and like his savagery is gone, and he, like he doesn't feel like he's shit anymore. And he was just started crying, and then just started talking about like killing motherfuckers and punching them in their like their noses through their skulls. And Sugar Ray's just like looking at this cat, like, "Yo, dude, this took a very dark path." I just asked you about sandwiches, my G. <laughs> <laughs> like it just yeah. gets, it gets crazy. But Mike Tyson. Uh, I will say this about the Mike Ty- uh, about Mike. Ty- I love Mike Tyson. Um, he has one of the funniest cartoons on Adult Swim, and he uh, 
Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's 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 a really lighthearted per like he's not the savage that like boxing portrayed him to be. He's really enlightened for real. Like he's uh he's done a lot of shit in his life, but I don't think we're ever gonna see another human being like him. And um he is a thinker. Like he's I, I get that he has like the whole speech. I don't know if you want to call it a speech impediment, it's just the way he talks. Yeah. Um, but it, it makes it it makes the podcast funny sometimes. But like when you're really listening to him, dude, like you, I really get serious and, and like I take everything that he's saying because he says a lot of real shit on his podcast, man. If you haven't listened to it, um, it's called Hot Boxing with uh, Mike Tyson. It's it's, it's I, I want to get the shirt. That's the shirt, a so. fucking good name. Can we take a second to oh. appreciate that? Name? Yeah, yeah, dude. Like shout out to Mike Tyson. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Shout out to uh, Joe Budden. Shout out to David Sullivan for a pathic. Uh, yeah. epidemic you know shout out to all these fucking creators out here man because it's it's uh the, the thing about joe budden what he's trying to do is he's trying to give the control to the creators and i feel like dave david taking the control of filming his own film uh without without asking for all of these because there's a lot of like filmmakers that'll sit there and then they'll get this high ass budget and then they're like slaves to the person who they're who's invested into them like fucking david has scavenged and did everything his his goddamn self man written yeah for sure and, that, that's and, true <laughs> yeah and fucking starring david sullivan dude how many motherfuckers on this planet can say that shit yeah it's it was it was a lot of work but uh i just i it was just the time it was the right time you know for me to do that you know i was and i spent a long time thinking about how it was going to happen and actually it's funny because other than changing the protagonist to be black at the last minute one of the other the other major last minute change was that I decided that I was gonna you know be in it myself because I never really thought of myself as playing that role. I but I, I actually think I I fit it pretty well. Nah, yeah. So that that's yeah. It was definitely an experience. I learned a lot about filmmaking. You know. Yeah, dude. It was it was a fun experience, man. And uh, to be honest, dude, I I want to be a part of the next one, man. Yeah. Yeah, I the money, you know, I that was uh that was all produced by me. So now I gotta try and figure out how to make uh start generating money now that I've got my resume kind of like you know stacked. I've been in, I was in a couple of other feature uh, feature movies as an actor and assistant director. I worked on Moon Dance that was being produced by Chase Crawford. I was in Open Up. Uh, with Caitlin Newberry and Lanny June, who was in Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was in Worst Christmas Ever, which is about to be released. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, has been in the works involving myself and a lot of other talented local Ohio filmmakers and actors and artists that's about to come out, you know. So looking I forward to that. I don't know if we could talk about this, uh, but like you also in. Um, I seen footage of that uh, <laughs> the new the new um, John Chicatelli. Yeah, uh, worst Christmas. Yep. No, 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 no. The the other one, the the oh one, grasshopper, the, yeah, grasshopper. The footage in that motherfucker is yeah. hilarious, bro. Like you got the, yeah. like, the, the you got the mustache going on, correct? Yeah, 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 bro. That shit is funny. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, that's the next one he's gonna do. You know, that's the follow up to Worst Christmas, and he yeah he wants me to be the. Uh, uh, I mean, as far as I, I, you know, we we did the trailer where I'm I'm in the I'm playing the protagonist, so that's yeah. currently the plan. You know, it's all early, early. It's he's not really even in kind of in pre-production. He's work focusing on finishing Worst Christmas, so 
what you should it's like finalized right now yeah so. what you should because that, that that film was good i actually seen uh the finished uh product thanks to uh wii u uh, okay. i got to see see my little scene in there too because i am uh i play guy sanders the the newscaster right right uh, that that was probably the worst experience filming because it was like literally i want to say it was like nine degrees out it felt like negative three yeah uh, that day was just it was cold uh, out yeah we were in oh my yeah. god it was I like think it was the first time we met i think it was the first time i met you on set was it yeah or d- shooting because i was working as the assistant director for that oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that is right that is right yeah yeah, yeah. Dog, I remember just shaking. Everybody was like, "Dude, are you are you okay?" Like, no, bro. Like, my balls are like going into my stomach right now. <laughs> oh, but it's like it's all it's what you got to do. Is like, like uh, everybody thinks that acting is like this easy thing that anybody can do, and it's like, no, bro. Like, you gotta. It's not just memorizing lines. You have to become that character. You have to go with all the conditions of filming. Like. Uh, like a lot of a lot of things that I've seen from from you, David. Like it's just just you setting up the camera and then like fucking covering yourself in blood and then watching you act out a scene was just incredible to me. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little nerve wracking because I I really I was like up and like really right up until um, I handed the camera to Daniel's girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I was like, how is this going to work out? Because there were people everywhere, and I didn't have anyone to hold the camera. And I was in that scene, and it was like that scene was hard because I literally was crawling on a public urban sidewalk covered Oof. in blood, and I, you know, I'm in charge of every all of the chaos that was going on. <laughs> That's crazy. So that was, uh, but it worked. You know, I managed to do it somehow. Yeah. I think yeah. that's just how it always comes through. Like you look back on yeah. something, you're like, I'm not sure how I did it, but I did. And fuck yeah. Yeah, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, man. Right. I, I think that was a good line to end it on. Like, I don't know how we yeah. did it, but we did. All right. Yeah, basically. Apathetic yeah. epidemic, people. Please, please go watch um, Fantastic Film. Five stars right now on, on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Check it out. Absolutely. Check that goddamn movie out. I'm yelling at myself a little bit right now as well. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Put the kids to sleep. Put the kids to sleep, then watch it. The links, I think the links have been in my show notes just since episode six. So scroll down, look through the show notes. It'll be under the description. You go through all the random stuff in there. You'll well, see make it. sure, yeah, the link, if anything, send them to Amazon Prime, and I can send you a new link if you need yeah, it. Yeah, actually, you know what? Send me a new one. That way, from here on out, I'll have that new updated link. I don't yep. remember where the first link sent them. It might have just been to, like, the movie page or something. I'm not sure. I mean, that's fine, too, but I, really what I want is people to watch the movie, so I'm, I'm just that, going to send That's fine. The, that works. The Amazon Prime video. I mean, all you have to do is go to Amazon Prime and search for Apathetic Epidemic, and it'll show right up. You don't even need, you know, it's streaming. It's not, you don't have to rent it. If you have a Prime subscription, you can just watch it. If not, you can rent it. So it's not a big deal, but yeah, I'll do that right now. And I will make sure that that gets into the notes. It will be updated. Cool. Perfect. Uh, simplicity makes it better. Yes. Lex, do you have any plugs you want to do besides this fine movie? Uh, same things as always. Shout out to David Sullivan. Go watch the film, as he said previously. 
Shout out to my mama. Shout out to my baby girl, Leah. Shout out to my new child on the way. Shout out to Madeline Summers, uh, Miss Hetty Murphy, and the baby mama of Hetty Murphy. Uh, and please, please go follow me on Twitch, uh, Hetty Murphy 69, capital H, capital M, all one word. Um, and also shout out to Jerry Ingram, my lawyer. If you need help, look him up on uh, Google or however you find phone numbers these days. Innocent, if you're guilty, it doesn't matter. Jerry Ingram gotcha. Fantastic. Um, how cool. about you, David? Anything else? Nope, just watch my movie on Amazon Prime. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Apathetic Epidemic. Some good stuff. Keeps tell your friends, keeps tell your mom, sense. tell your grandma. <laughs> Tell your grandma, are you sure? Yeah, tell your grandma. Tell her from a distance. Why not? Socially distantly tell her. Grandma's got OnlyFans pages now, baby. And with that, we're going to wrap this episode (laughs) up. I want you to have a good day, night, apathetic, zombie endemic, there's words coming out of my mouth. I want you to have a good one of those. And as always, Lex, what do we tell these people to do? Read some books, but in this case, go to Amazon Prime Video and watch Apathetic Epidemic. Yep. This time. This time. Just this once. (laughs) We're giving you a pass to watch a movie. All right. Because like he said, it's a movie about eating brains for those with brains. Yeah, that was sure. Why not? Horrible. <laughs> you guys have a good. I actually, kind of like that. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Write it down. It's yours for free. All right. All right. I'll think about it. The new poster quote. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Peace.
Talk to him, Billy. Come on, brother. 